Hello, and welcome back to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the freezer where they store the ice cream sandwiches at the Sand Valley Snack Shack. And this is Season 3, Episode 1. Where have I been? Well, lots of places. First, I got busy not playing golf with a big bad sprained ankle this April. That put me into a borderline depression because I wasn't able to play golf, jog, work out, even walk without a significant limp for the better part of a month. Now I've bookended that with another severe sprain of the other ankle to close out the summer. Lucky me. Here at the Blind Shots Podcast, I'm still a member of the Talking Golf Network of Shows. That's Talking Golf with only one G dot com because two G's would just be too expensive. Having taken the spring and the summer off from recording, I think I'm officially the black sheep of the Talking Golf family. But as I often remind my friend Rod Morey, who runs the whole outfit in life, you usually do indeed get what you pay for. Take a second to visit their site at TalkingGolf.com. I think the Good Good Golf podcast with Rod and his sidekick Adrian Logue, as well as the recent episodes of the State of the Game podcast have been particularly good. So give them a listen if you haven't already. So with my injury, the end of competitive golf season has me frustrated. Uh, no title defense in the Play Golf Lexington League that allowed me free greens fees at all the city courses for a full year. So I'm diving back into writing and storytelling. I played a lot of golf this year, practiced a good bit and took several lessons. Uh, even upgraded my equipment a little bit. Uh, got rid of my eight to nine year old original Callaway X-Hot hybrid replaced it with one of the new Titleist hybrids. Uh, it was a close call between that and one of the Callaway Apexes for you tech heads and gearheads out there. Uh, the Callaway is an absolute anvil, by the way. It just didn't fit my game the best. I traveled a lot this year, mostly with family, likely a byproduct of pent-up angst and demand and joy after surviving 2020 and getting my vaccination completed in April. We visited family in the St. Louis area, followed by a trip to the beach in South Carolina for some, some waves and some family golf fun, squeezed in a t-ball season and some swim lessons for the boys before departing for Martha's Vineyard for a McKellar Magazine launch party. Much more about that later. Uh, I volunteered for the Boys Junior PGA National Championship. It came to my home course at Kearney Hill here in Lexington. Uh, as a volunteer, it, it was a neat experience just to see what that was like, um, probably do a standalone episode on that later, maybe compare and contrast volunteering for uh, a tournament like that versus having been part of the Barbasol, the initial Barbasol championship when I came to Lexington or Nicholasville years ago. Um, I played in the 65th annual Lynch Invitational Tournament at Lynch Country Club. Uh, we'll also have a lot more to say about that later. The annual guys golf trip headed to Sand Valley, which was a real treat. That was definitely our most high-end experience in eight or nine years of doing golf trips. Uh, that was a whole bunch of walking and golf with a stop at Lawsonia Links on the way up. Lots of memories, lots of thoughts provoked, and definitely a, a few pu future podcast episodes in the can of my mind there. But today, I'm going to, there's no guest, I'm going to riff on kind of an evergreen topic. So you're thinking of visiting Kentucky and you want to know where to try to play. Before I get to that, a quick reminder that the Blind Shots podcast is sponsored by me, David Hill, and only me. In addition to playing, gabbing, and writing about golf, I'm also a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors, serving the greater central Kentucky area. 
I work with homeowners and would-be home buyers on residential properties, as well as working with investors and businesses on their commercial real estate needs. All of my contact info is up on my realtor page at davidhill.rhr.com. Drop me a note or give me a call uh, if you've got a burning realty curiosity. And now, back to the show. I get frequent requests for opinions on where people should play if they're visiting Lexington, Louisville, or just passing through Kentucky. A lot of stuff comes in from the blog over at onebeardedgolfer.com because I've got reviews of a lot of Kentucky courses that may not have uh, a spotlight shined on them otherwise. I'll get a, a tweet or direct message on social media maybe once a month, and I've developed several stock answers depending on where someone is traveling to, but I thought it might be nice to kind of talk my way through the good golf options here in the Commonwealth. I haven't played every place in Kentucky, but I've played a lot of them. And many of the ones that have found themselves on best of lists and a lot of others that um, probably only have a handful of reviews on any national outlet. Lists and rankings of best of when it comes to Kentucky are really of limited utility because whoever's making the list, obviously, or doing the rankings transfers their own sets of preferences and biases to their evaluations. And you have to have enough, I guess in the list game, you've got to have enough people submit a ranking formally to uh, meet some minimum criteria. Well, with some of the best golf courses in Kentucky being fairly remote, kind of off the beaten path from the metro areas, um, it can be tough to get an accurate gauge or, or sense of whether something is worth playing or not. So can I be aware of my own biases and my own prejudices when it comes to these golf courses? I don't know. I know that there isn't a style or type of golf course that I'm particularly fond of, as my likes and dislikes can be probably considered contradictory at best. I like a treeless, linksy course. I like a tree-lined parkland course. Uh, like anything else that involves advice, again, my answer in this realm is usually, well, it depends. As background, um, Kentucky is a, it's an incredibly diverse place geographically and ecologically. There are six different distinct ecological regions in Kentucky, each supporting their own landscapes, their own types of spaces and soils and their own types of golf courses. For the purposes of this extended monologue, I'm going to divide the state up into chunks roughly corresponding to those regions, plus add an additional uh, formal group for the Louisville and Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky metro regions as well, because they are there are enough of golf options around those cities to justify kind of their own chapters, if you will. And those are obviously going to be high traffic areas for visitors. So I'm going to begin in the state's biggest uh, golf market, the Louisville region, as I'll deem it. If you're visiting the Louisville area, don't be afraid to head out of town to play golf. Seriously, that's the cold hard truth of golf in Louisville. The best publicly accessible golf courses are all on the fringes of the metro area. And some of them aren't even in Kentucky. Sure, if you get invitations to certain private courses in Louisville, go. They are great golf experiences. Within that group, I'd include Big Springs, Big Spring Campus. Uh, that's a course that when I think of country club, uh, that is the dictionary definition for me. Venerable old club once hosted a PGA championship. 
redone by Reese Jones about 15 years ago, and I absolutely loved 17 of the holes. There's one goofy one, but there always seems to be something. Uh, also on that list, Hurstbourne Country Club uh, in the eastern suburbs. It was renovated by Keith Foster in the early 2000s. It's spectacular, if not brutally difficult. Uh, Audubon Country Club is a great old urban core golf course. Treeline Parkland, uh, very typical of what you're going to see of the topography in Louisville. And then, of course, the big course of Louisville, where the big club is Valhalla. It's an experience. It's obviously been the host of multiple major championships, even a Ryder Cup. Um, the only course and land that has ever felt like Valhalla to me, oddly enough, is Mirfield Village outside Columbus. That's another Jack Nicholas design championship track. Valhalla is tough. It can be a fun test from the correct tees and an absolute brutal bear of a day from the tips. Uh, but if you get the chance, go experience it. There are enough memorable and fun shots that you ought to have fun. And you're going to be taken well care of at a club like that. Uh, like many older, large metro areas, the first and second tiers of golf in Louisville are all private options, the ones I just mentioned, among some of the best. Land prices and development have pushed daily fee operations out onto the fringes of the metro area, and it's a pretty large void between even the mid-level private clubs and the metro parks courses of Louisville that remain within the urban core. Those are places that uh, may be as stereotypically muni golf as the word uh, would lead you to believe so with that said if i'm heading to louisville there are a couple of courses that i get excited to play one is neville mead it's a it's out past prospect off highway 42 set on a largely treeless bluff kind of on the outskirts of the city not too far from the ohio river it has a very lengthy feel um, usually the wind is blowing you've got great vistas across the course it's a really fun place to play Heritage Hills in Shepherdsville, that's in Bullitt County, just south of Louisville. It's a course in a beautifully, kind of stereotypically um, Kentucky natural setting. Truly affixed to the land, not overly shaped and perfected. A good mix of fun and challenge. That happens to be in my home county, where I spent my teenage years. And I'm not really all that bitter that they waited for me to leave to go to college before they built it. No resentments there at all. Uh, across the river in Indiana, the Chariot Run course uh, that was cooked up to accompany Riverboat Casino Gambling come to Indiana, uh, right on the Indiana side of Louisville. Like Neville Mead, it's kind of on a windswept, largely treeless patch of land, but it features, features some of the best greens in the area. And that one is actually on my to-do list. I'm taking the word of people I trust with that one. Uh, Louisville's dotted, again, with Metro Parks courses, that are stereotypical muni courses. They're green space in an oasis of asphalt and rooftops. I'm hoping to get a closer look at uh, Seneca, Cherokee, Iroquois, and Shawnee golf courses later this year, but uh, temper your expectations if you're going to pop out for a quick nine at any of those facilities. Of note within that, I would uh, point out that Shawnee golf course is kind of undergoing a little renaissance. It is down, tucked into an old... Uh, part of the city uh, pinched up against the river. It received a fairly generous donation from local golf hero Justin Thomas recently and it has become the first tee facility of Louisville. So it has upgraded its infrastructure and hardware accordingly. There's plenty of fun stuff to pair with a round of golf or a couple rounds of golf if you're headed through Louisville. The Louisville Slugger Museum, uh, the world's largest wooden bat. 
Uh, also, Louisville Slugger Parent Company is also the maker of Power Built Golf Clubs. For uh, sort of ancient golf enthusiasts, Louisville Golf Company, uh, anybody that plays hickories knows them. They are the makers of high-end vintage uh, and reproduction clubs. Maybe stop by their facility if you get a chance. Louisville's the home of Churchill Downs that has a very long uh, thoroughbred racing season. Just be aware that every day is not Derby Day at Churchill Downs. That celebration is reserved for one half of one week a year. The rest of the time, that place looks exactly like you'd expect a gambling horse track facility to look like. Um, also of note, Louisville being bourbon country, there are more than 60 spirit distillers in Kentucky, and a lot of them are actually based in and around the Louisville area. So you can make a distillery tour uh, all your own there. With Louisville out of the way, uh, let's head to the far western end of the state. Uh, this is the Jackson Purchase region of Kentucky, also known as the Mississippi Embayment. We're talking uh, places that are abutting western Tennessee and Missouri. It's uh, many of the flattest floodplain fields that you'll ever set foot in. You'd swear you're in Tunica, Mississippi, or the northern Ohio glacial flats because you just see flat land and river basin for as far as the eye can see. This is the area technically west of the Twin Lakes, the great TBA lakes of Kentucky Lake and Lake Barkley. There isn't a ton of noteworthy public access golf to be found down there by you know formal golf ranking standards, but there's plenty of fun that can be had, simple golf courses to be enjoyed and paired with a, a day on the lake. Uh, primarily, I'm talking about the state park courses down there. Uh, Mineral Mound is a modern Dr. Hurdson design just above the water in Katawa, uh, over by Eddyville. It's typical of the Hurdson designs. There's big land movement throughout the routing, some hills and forests kind of above the water's edge of Lake Barkley. Uh, directly across Lake Barkley and land between the lakes and Kentucky Lake, uh, you have the Kentucky Dam Village, another state park course. This is an old Perry Maxwell design. Uh, fun fact, he was a native of western Kentucky. Got his start over there in the western half of our fair commonwealth. Um, as far as the course, time has rounded its corners a bit, but it's still a fun course. It gets high marks among locals. Uh, it's the one course in particular that I think with a master plan and some strategic TLC could really move into the, the category of hidden gem. Finally, if you happen to, to know somebody down there, Country Club of Paducah is noteworthy. If you can get on it, it's a kind of the big championship course of that region. They've been very good to Kentucky golf over the years. They've hosted several Kentucky Opens and uh, several Kentucky Amateurs over the last, at least the last 30 years. Um, I know for sure that one of Steve Flesh's many Kentucky titles came at the Country Club of Paducah. If you need to change your eye line from reading putts all day, Hire a fishing guide and have yourself a great time on the lake. Uh, we, My family actually used to keep a boat down on Lake Barkley. Some of the, the best fishing and best boating in that entire area. When you're done, either on the links or on the water, eat at Patty's 1880 Restaurant in Grand Rivers. That's on the north end of the land between the lakes. Get a reservation and don't skip dessert. You'll thank me later. Also, if you happen to be in that area in August and you fancy yourself a politico, then you have to find your way to St. Jerome's Catholic Church for their annual picnic. It's called Fancy Farm. It's a weekend full of old-timey political speeches and all the barbecue, get the mutton, that you can eat. In approximately 
120 degrees of heat with no breeze. It's fabulous. Um, we did it several times as a kid. I can't wait to take my kids down there when they're old enough to annoy with things like that. From the Jackson Purchase, we head east uh, to the Shawnee Hills, or the Western Coalfields region. That's a distinct pocket of Western Kentucky stretching from the Ohio River to the Pinural region that has its own topography and ecology. Named the Shawnee Hills or the, the Western Coalfields, the region stretches from barbecue country of Owensboro and Henderson, which is directly across the river from Evansville, Indiana, for those of you that don't have access to a map, to Rockport and Paradise, Kentucky, where once Mr. Peabody's coal train pulled all the valuable minerals out of the ground, they just buried that giant coal shovel named Big Hog right there in the ground covering it up in sandstone, limestone, clay. Yeah, look it up and eat your hearts out, Langford and Moreau. Um, as far as the golf courses go in Henderson, you can find your way onto Victoria National, which is now part of the Dormy Network of courses, right across the river. Go there. Uh, that's supposed to be a Fazio gem that I've not had the pleasure, but everybody raves about it and also tells me how difficult it is. Um, if you're just passing through and can't get on there, the Bridges Golf Club of Henderson, it's a fine place to spend an afternoon. Uh, just up the river over, over in Owensboro, the Pearl Club is an almost universally beloved as the local public course that people migrate to. It's become quite a, a gathering place and a, a community asset. A little further inland, uh, someplace you've got to want to find, but if you happen to be checking out Rough River Lake, Rough River Reservoir, try saying that three times fast, the Lafayette Club at Falls of the Rough, um, this is a comeback story, a little dear to my heart. At one time, this course was one of the most highly thought of public courses in Kentucky. It has a tremendous routing with some great sight lines, um, good strategic design, checked a lot of boxes. It was kind of the surrogate unofficial state park course for Rough River Dam State Park. But following the, the Great Recession of 08 through 2010, it fell on really hard times, and it didn't make it. It suffered a complete shutdown for, I know, at least one season, but I'm thinking it might have been more, um, before this recent run of trying to be revived and giving it a go. There were, of course, predictable problems with neglected drainage and irrigation. Uh, crabgrass had taken hold and, and pushed out a lot of the, the golf turfs, which caused more you know, turf condition problems, drainage problems as soil ran away. Um, but again, the bones were there and it was a really good routing. A couple of seasons into the comeback, um, when 2020 set it back pretty badly again. So right when it was starting to get some momentum, it took a left cross right across the jaw. They're trying again. Um, you'll If you check it out online or on Facebook, you'll see kind of mixed reviews. Um, it's someplace... It's worth going to see, temper your expectations. Uh, but if you're near Rough River, there aren't a lot of golf options. So give it a try. Not a terrible place to spend an afternoon. Uh, again, there's lots of fun shots to be had. Honestly, the, the best thing about being in that part of Kentucky in the Shawnee Hills is really the, uh, picking a favorite barbecue spot in Owensboro. That's what everybody does. Everyone that I know says that the legendary The Oak Restaurant offers a superior barbecue over its kind of crosstown rival, the Moonlight Barbecue. But that the Moonlight Buffet experience is so unique, it can't really be discounted. 
So for those that haven't been there or don't have any idea what I'm talking about, just picture a wonderfully smelling, dimly lit room with two giant buffet tables of barbecued meats and all the sides and family-style fixings you could desire. And if that wasn't enough, on the tables just a few feet away, beneath the mirrors on the back wall, an entire Viking banquet table of desserts, all for the taking. All you can eat means all you can eat. And I have extremely vivid memories, positive memories of the Moonlight Buffet. And I haven't even been there in probably close to three decades. It's worth the trip alone. So go down there, eat it both, pick a favorite, and join the Great Barbecue Wars. Just south of the Shawnee Hills, uh, stretching actually all the way into the, the center of Kentucky, next is the Penny Ryle region, or what's known as the Mississippi Plateaus. It's a horseshoe-shaped swath of land stretching from the east side of Lake Barkley down underneath the Shawnee Hills through Hopkinsville, through Bowling Green, all the way to Somerset, with a northern flank retouching the Ohio River through E-Town and Fort Knox. Uh, of particular note in this region, the club at Old Stone. That's in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and if you can gather an invitation for that one, get on it. It's fantastic. It's an Arthur Hill, Steve Forrest course that my friend and friend of the podcast, Drew Rogers, had a hand in bringing to life. Uh, technically, it's a residential course, but the houses really aren't part of the, they're part of the scenery at worst. They don't come into play. They don't Im impede the playing experience. It's got some of the more unique holes that I've ever seen out of Hill's designs, and I've played probably a dozen of his courses. Um, it's one of the courses in Kentucky that I would drop everything and go play again, and that's two and a half hours away from where I live. So Bowling Green, that's the place to play if you can get on. Uh, also within this region, Dale Hollow State Park golf course just outside of Burksville, Kentucky. If you're visiting Dale Hollow Lake, or even if you're visiting Lake Cumberland, try to get to Dale Hollow. Um, this is what many consider probably the crown jewel of the Kentucky State Park golf system. It's a Brian Alt design. It has the craziest land movement. Uh, well, I take that back. It has great land movement. That on par with almost any mountain golf course, but with the thrills of championship course, Zoys of Fairways, Bentgrass Greens, really is a must-play if you're in that region or can reach it uh, with reasonable ease. Also in this region, just a quick note and a plug for some friends of mine, starting in 2022, uh, add Park Mammoth Golf Course in Park City, Kentucky to your list. This one's special. It's on the site of the former Cave Valley Golf Club adjacent to Mammoth Cave National Park. Uh, this is where architects Colton Craig and Brian Ross have created, uh, in the footprint of an old course, they created a modern traditional gym on a pretty unique site that has a, a valley heading into cave country. I wrote up their story and the story of the course for McKellar Magazine in the, uh, the fifth edition, which is on sale now. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. More on that later. Um, but this is neat. It's a short course. It's a fun course, par 68, I believe, with just some tremendous greens and some tremendous thought put into it. Uh, if you're traveling through the Shawnee Hills, or I'm sorry, the Penny Ryle region, Bowling Green's a vibrant college town with a great downtown called Fountain Square Park that I spent a good chunk of my young childhood haunting. Uh, several places on the square down there to grab a bite and a pint. Closer, uh, further north, the Patton Museum at Fort Knox. It's a great place for those of you predisposed to military history. It's the, the I guess, the armor and 
artillery museum for the army. And if you're passing through Greensburg, a little known town down there in Southern Kentucky, I think it's pretty well settled state law in Kentucky that if you're traveling through Greensburg, you've got to pop into Dumas Walkers for a slaw burger. Enjoy. From there, we're going to move into perhaps my favorite region of Kentucky, the Knobs. That's right. If you're headed to Middle Kentucky, to bourbon country places like Bardstown, Loretto, Crab Orchard, or Gravel Switch, you will be in the Knobs. It's named perfectly because it's a belt of hundreds of isolated little hills created from glacial movements, of all things. It's about as far south as one particular ice age made it before receding, and it left these perfect little piles of limestone and shale that have proven more resistant to natural erosion than the surrounding soils, and all resulting and culminating in these ridiculous-looking hills standing in the middle of otherwise flat river basin landscape, which has been great because it created vibrant creeks and rivers that characterize the area. They look like these wonderful little chocolate drops that a Scottish architect just dropped into the middle of Kentucky. They form a little belt, uh, a very narrow strip, like you would think if a, a glacier moved down and then came back. You may not know the names of the towns in this area, um, but it's kind of an embarrassment of riches with solid golf options. So if you're headed to a, a bourbon tour, distillery tour that includes names like Heaven Hill or Maker's Mark, places like that, um, there are a couple of courses that you're going to want to pair uh, that trip with. First is one that I have a particular sweet spot for, Lincoln Homestead State Park Golf Course. This is a Perry and Press Maxwell designed state park course that I desperately wish was about 25 minutes closer to Lexington. I love this place. The first nine holes were designed by Perry Maxwell, but he passed away before the course could be constructed. Um, the state hired his son Press to complete the design with the second nine holes. All of the great bones are still there, uh, particularly the brilliant green complexes. It's another one that with um, being an older course, it's one that with some planning, a master plan, and some TLC could really, um, really wow people. Uh, again, in this region, swinging over to the east is the Peninsula Golf Resort. This is a bluff above Lake Harrington, or Harrington Lake, I should say. It is a true peat dye resort course for the masses. It has plenty of the dye signature features um, with some of the the greens and strategic concept, concepts he was fond of, um, where there's water, you can expect to see some planking uh, and also around the bunkers. But, you know, most of the hard edges are softened for the recreational golfer clientele. Uh, this is for people that are making a weekend of it or maybe even making a week of it. They do have stay and play options on site. So it's a fun little course about, I don't know, maybe an hour south from downtown Lexington. And finally, in this stretch in Bardstown, um, my old Kentucky home state park. This used to be uh, the golf, the my old Kentucky home state park golf course used to be known as Kenny Rapier Golf Course. Um, it's literally next door to one of the Heaven Hill Distillery facilities. It's an old Parkland golf course that got touched up and rerouted. I want to say back in either the late '90s or early 2000s, because they have kind of meshed together some really heavily treed parkland style holes with a a swath of i guess the new holes that are virtually treeless 
where there's a retention pond. Um, one of the oddities, there's a retention pond on the highest point of the property. Yeah, I know. Figure that one out. But it's a little discombobulated, but it's a fun walk. There's some real quality holes there. Highly recommend it uh, among the, the public courses there in Bardstown. Your best chance to find something good to do other than stopping in a distillery for a tasting or a tour in this area is probably head to the closest general store or country gas station and find out what's good to eat nearby. There's a decent chance that the store you're standing in might have the best deli counter and brazier food in the whole county. Um, that is how KFC started, you know. It was gas station brazier food. Um, again, this is bourbon country. So if you're doing a tour or if you're there for the annual bourbon festival in Nelson County, these are the courses that you're going to want to check. Uh, from there, I'm going to take our little tour east to the eastern coal fields. This is the, this is the mountains of eastern and southeastern Kentucky. It's known as the Eastern Coal Fields or the Appalachian Plateau. And if you're headed to this region, you're in for some real treats. Not just the incredible uh, natural beauty of the mountain and, and valleys, uh, that region. If you're anywhere near the courses I'm about to list, they're well worth your time to stop and visit. First up, Stonecrest in Prestonsburg. You've heard me talk about that uh, during previous editions of this podcast. I love this course. It is a mountaintop mining removal reclamation site. What that means, as I discussed with the, the super and the general manager down there, uh, they blew off the top of the mountain to get the coal underneath, and then they put it all back, uh, not exactly as they found it. They flattened it out, and one of the things that they did was put an 18-hole championship golf course right there on top. It's got the best vistas uh, in the state. It's fun golf. Uh, go see it. It's worth spending the night. It's right next to Ginny Wiley State Park, uh, so you can have that experience too. Uh, not too far from there as the crow flies, but a pretty fair drive uh, over those ridges and valley roads. Eagle Ridge in Louisa, Kentucky. This is just on the Kentucky side of the Big Sandy River and the West Virginia border. This is a course that kind of has to be seen to be believed. The, the front nine in particular is a feat of engineering on this mountain. I call it on my blog the scariest course in Kentucky just because there are sight lines that are intimidating, um, not just to your golf game, but, you know, one like a box of golf balls, not just a couple. You'll need them. Um, you'll probably find as many in the rough as you'll lose. So if you can kind of net zero on the day that's a win it's an incredibly difficult i mean i call this bad arthur hills because it is an incredibly penal golf course lots of forced carries um almost no flat lies even in the fairway but to walk or drive around that place and just realize that there's a golf course there it really does kind of you tip your cap to human ingenuity i guess and also this is I think stereotypical of, of the Hills model that there was never a golf course he couldn't be paid enough to build. Um, up the road a little bit down I-64, back towards uh, Lexington, towards Moorhead. Hidden Cove at Grayson Lake State Park. This is a good hilly course above the lake. Um, it's one in particular that I wish we could get the Corps of Engineers to, to let us chop down a few more trees, maybe log some of that forest so that you could have views of the lake uh, from the golf course, but it's isolated. It's very natural. 
uh, site just kind of cut out of the forest. Uh, a lot of fun. One I try to drive up every couple of years. If you're in the far southeastern part of the state, um, Wasiota Winds near Cumberland Gap. This is a, for being in the mountains, this is not a mountain course. This is a course built on the valley floor. Thank Victoria National or Transplanted Florida Golf Course because there's water sneakily lurking around almost every hole. Um, of particular note is the brutal par 5 18th finishing hole that if you play from the tips, you have a forced carry of about 258 yards just to reach the fairway, mainly over water. I mean, theoretically, you could sneak one into the forward tees from back there. Um, it, you know, that's a shot just to be tried if the, the golf course isn't particularly full. But, um, you know, they, they have flooded out a couple of times down there. It's been very, very difficult to keep the turf maintained. Um, but it's a, it's a neat landmark in that part of the state. So if you get the chance, uh, go see it. They do a, a nice job of keeping that place open. And if you're also in that area, a little bit to the east, um, see if you can find somebody to get you on to Lynch Country Club or even Middlesbrough Country Club. These are the, they're two of the oldest continuously played courses in the U.S. Uh, they're not the oldest uh, by founding date, but these courses never shut down for any of the wars or any of the depression. Uh, coal was too vital to the national interest and the national security. Um, so they wanted people in those hills, working those hills, pulling the coal out uh, to make the steel to win the war. I played Lynch Country Club this summer for the first time. Absolutely fell in love with it. I'll be talking a lot more about that later. Uh, in this part of the state, there is all the hiking and adventure tourism that your heart could ever desire. Um, big lakes, mainly Corps of Engineer lakes, if either of those fit your fancy. So it's a remote part of the country. It has a, a reputation that sometimes is deserved, sometimes is not. But it's well worth your visit, and they're uh, a highly underrated place for a golf getaway. Now, from the mountains, I'm going to take our little tour up to the Cincinnati, northern Kentucky metro area. Much like Louisville, most of the best golf in and around Cincinnati is locked away behind the gates of private golf and country clubs. But there are several options in the tri-state, worthy of your time. But you may have to fjord the river to get where you want to go. Uh, first up for years, Lassing Point in Union, Kentucky has been kind of the marquee public course in the area. Uh, it's a county-owned course. Its conditioning fluctuates with the county's budget, but this herds in design is solid and worthy of a, a visit. It captures some of the kind of stereotypically northern Kentucky topography with steeper ridges, less rolling land, um, and is a, a fine, fine test. Uh, tough place to walk, good place to play. Um, now this one begrudgingly I'm going to throw out there because some folks swear by it, looking at you, Mark. Um, DeVoe Park Golf Course in Covington. I've not had a great experience there in more than a decade, but everyone tells me I'm in the minority. You're not going to find a quirkier Parkland golf course with better views of the Cincinnati skyline anywhere for what it's worth. Uh, this is very much a course that goes up and down and up and down. Um, which causes you know some fun, quirky angles, uh, something different than just bunker left, bunker right, bunker long around the greens. So definitely if you can get on, get around quickly, it's worth your, your time. 
if you have a little bit more time or if you're staying on the Ohio side of the river, hop in the car, head out to Batavia, Ohio. That's an eastern suburb. And be sure to play the club at Stone Lake Hills. Setting the ridges above the Stone Lake Creek and the Little Miami River, uh, this owner-designed course of note is probably the most entertaining daily fee in the entire Cincy Metro. Uh, just don't pet the bison. They're not into that. Um, on the private side, if you get invitations to any of these private clubs, go. You'll thank me later. Even if you have to cancel a meeting, go see Camargo Club. This is the ultra-exclusive Seth Rayner experience. Uh, said to contain the best collection of par threes that Rainer ever built. Um, a personal favorite of mine, the Kenwood Club, uh, the Kendale course. This is one I got to play in the summer of 2021. Um, redone by Fry Straka. This was a, a renovated William Diddle design. I played it this summer as part of a Raider slash media event, and I absolutely fell in love with it. All it took was one time around. Smartly bunkered with huge greens. Um, they did massive tree removal, and they have retained lots of closely mown turf instead of rough around the greens. It's absolutely fabulous. Um, they just announced within the last couple of weeks that they're going to host a new event on the LPGA Tour starting in 2022, the Kroger Queen City Classic. I can't wait to take my boys up there to see it. Just a really fun round of golf and a, a great golf club by all accounts. Finally, in that area, back on the Kentucky side, uh, I should mention Camargo and Kenwood are both on the Cincinnati side of the river. Venerable old line clubs in that very old river city. Um, back on the Kentucky side, a pure golf club, Traditions Golf Club in Hebron. This is just north of the airport. If you can get on it, it's a, it really is kind of a championship gym laid out through the rolling Ridgefield terrain. I've played it a couple of times with friends. I played in one Kentucky mid-amateur there. A stern test for sure, um, but being devoid of housing, it's as pretty a setting as you're going to find in that area. Um, you'd be hard to believe that you're inside one of the, the country's top 30 metro areas uh, being there, other than the planes flying over. Again, it is right next to the, the airport. It serves as the, one of the host courses for the University of Cincinnati golf team, so... Well worth the time if you happen to get invited out there. And finally, I'm going to wrap up this little tour uh, talking about my home area, the Bluegrass region. Yes, within the Bluegrass state of Kentucky, there is the distinct Bluegrass region. Two, actually, uh, if you want to get picky about it, the inner and the outer Bluegrass. These are fertile grasslands set upon the rolling hills of a limestone Piedmont. Uh, it's got really fertile soil perfected by, uh, well, perfected from the now-cleared forest that used to inhabit it. This is horse country, this is tobacco country, and uh, now it's home to the state's best collection of public access golf courses, and it's not even close. If you're visiting Lexington, um, there's somewhere fun to play almost wherever you find yourself. In Lexington, play Kearney Hill Golf Links. I play about a third of my golf per year at this city-owned Pete and PB Die Classic. It was actually built to host the old Bank One Classic on the, the PGA Senior Tour in the late 80s. It stole the tournament away from the Reese, Reese Jones half-resort, half-residential Marriott Griffin Gate uh, just a few miles across town. The city wanted that tourism money, and they got it. Um, 
the championship bones, the the die features are all still there. Um, I love it. It's a great walk. No reason not to play it if you can get on. Uh, if you're visiting a little further south to Richmond, Kentucky, home of Eastern Kentucky University, there's another municipal gym, Gibson Bay Golf Course. Again, this is another uh, Dr. Michael Hurdson design. This is one set on a above a lake as part of a massive county parks complex. And this is another one. If it was 20 minutes closer to my home, if it was 20 minutes away rather than 45 minutes away, I'd probably play it twice a month instead of twice a year. Um, with virtually unlimited water, it's always going to be green, uh, stays green throughout the year. Big greens, um, big earth moving is evident, uh, containment mounting, that sort of thing, but um, enough strategic intrigue to make you want to go around a second time. And finally in this area, I think Houston Oaks in Paris, Kentucky is worthy of a trip, uh, if nothing else, just to, to go through the beautiful countryside near Paris, Kentucky. Some people are going to argue with that and prefer the kind of the softer edges and rounded corners of Cherry Blossom in Nadebury in Georgetown, Kentucky, home of Georgetown College. You're not going to go wrong with either of these. That's just a personal preference of mine. They're both pretty. They're both set on wonderfully rolling terrain, typical of the bluegrass region. Uh, among the private clubs in Lexington, uh, Kentucky's only Donald Ross golf course, Idle Hour Country Club. It's a tremendous golf experience if you're fortunate enough to get an invite, so you should definitely go there. Um, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, on the outskirts of Lexington's southern suburbs, exurbs, um, Keen Trace boasts two really fun championship courses, uh, one of which fans of the PGA Tour might recognize Arthur Hill's designed Champions Traced that has hosted the PGA Tour's Barbasol Championship each summer for the last half a decade. It also has um, the Keith Foster and Drew Rogers designed a keen run course. They're just a couple of miles apart. Both are fun. Uh, both are set on some beautiful land and easy to, to get into and get out of uh, for uh, an easy day of golf in Lexington. Fall in Lexington is particularly beautiful, so if you have your choice, try to plan your visit to coincide with maybe the fall racing meet at Keeneland, uh, which is our unbelievably beautiful local thoroughbred race course. Or if you're in from uh, the Southland, mix in a, a UK football game into your golf trip. Tailgating at Kroger Field is, frankly, probably calm and reserved compared to most other SEC venues, but it's a fine way to spend a Saturday afternoon after you've walked 18 that morning. So there. Those are my recommendations. That concludes our little treatise on the best places to play if you're visiting Kentucky. This is by no means a comprehensive list of all Kentucky golf courses. I'm sure I've omitted a few that you might include that I'll regret. But these are my recommendations, and these are places I stand behind and have recommended to friends and family for some time now, and none of them have come back and said, hey, why'd you send me there? Uh, so I'll take that as a mark of victory. I will note that Kentucky is generally a four-season golf state, maybe with the exception of the, the northernmost regions up by Cincinnati and northern Kentucky. We primarily have bent grass uh, greens that are in peak form in spring and fall. As my superintendent friends will tell you, we are in the, what's the word, agronomical transition zone, cool season and warm season, plants and grasses. Uh, a sig what that means for the golf community a significant number of courses have switched to Bermuda grass fairways uh, from bent grass to try to save on maintenance and water costs. 
and to a lesser extent, Zoiza is starting to be invested in, although that's an expensive investment for a lot of courses around here. Uh, so just be aware that if you're visiting before the Kentucky Derby, that means the first Saturday in May, there's a decent chance that the Bermuda Fairways might still be waking up, um, and that if you're visiting in the searing heat of July and August, uh, anywhere towards the northern half of the state, fairways might be a little bit sloppy as they're kind of having to drown them to keep them alive. If you have follow-up questions or want more specific details about any of this, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, send me a direct message on Twitter at BlindShotsPod or drop me an email over at OneBeardedGolfer.com. I'm happy to, hell, I'm just happy to have a conversation and spread the gospel of golf in Kentucky. And with that, thanks for stopping by this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm glad to be back in the recording chair, and I hope you're glad to be listening once again. Do me a favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review for the show. Each time somebody leaves a five-star rating and review for this podcast, the U.S. picks up half a point in the next Ryder Cup. Hope you've enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't, sorry about that. I still can't do anything about it, but I will try to do better next time, I promise. And I hope you'll join me again next time here on the Blind Shots podcast. I'm excited about the range and slew of topics and guests that I'll be bringing you over the next several weeks and coming months. So subscribe to the show and your preferred app or podcast feed if you haven't done so already. And I look forward to chatting with you sometime here in the future. Until then, stay safe, be smart, and go play golf. And as always, when the opportunity presents itself, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. Hey, are you recording yet? Maybe. Why? Because I'm not going to say anything. Because I might be the only person on the planet that listens to the very end of the <laughs> podcast, and I'm always on there oh, saying no, something dumb. <laughs> well, that's why that's why we all listen, Fred. That's yeah. the whole point. I mean, I, I hang on to the bitter, bitter end just in case Dave snuck a second one in there. I'm gonna have to get like a Venmo account. Yes. I'll get that right right after I get my Twitter account set up. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs>